Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you love the Mark Podcast and you're looking for a place where you can study God's Word with your favorite Bible teachers and connect with other like-minded women and have a whole lot of fun while you're doing it in person, then you belong at a Lifeway Women Live event. Join us for one of our Lifeway Women Live events as we pursue Christ together. For details, visit lifeway.com slash lifewaywomenlive. Hello and welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Elizabeth Hyman. I'm here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, hey Elizabeth. Hey, Kelly. I know. That's our normal. <laughs> you've hey. Been, you've been hey. jumping on my Hey, Kellys. <laughs> I know. I probably need to like kind of just wait a second. It's been a crazy morning. I kind of like, okay. I it's came okay. in hot to the podcast because Nashville traffic. But yeah. hey. One of our engineers so. makes fun of me because I say the same thing every time. And so he's always like, Hey, Kelly. And then you've been jumping on my Hey, Kelly. Well, I think. <laughs> I think that's okay. People get yeah, used to what it's we fine. Start it's with, my, right? it's I my know, lines. I know. So well, hey, we're going to get into yes. it, right? <laughs> yes. So today we're so excited to have back on the podcast Alexandra Hoover. Hello, Alexandra. How are you? Hey, guys. Yeah. I did it. See? You got it. <laughs> yes. Hey, got it. Hey, hey, guys. It's so good to be with you this morning. Hi. Hi. Well, you've been on our podcast before, but just give us a little bit of an update about yourself, your family, your ministry. What's happening in your life right now? Yeah, I was just telling y'all before we hopped on here that I feel like I'm watching season episodes of my life like in real time. <laughs> in season three of The Hoovers, and season four, so in season four, we'll call it, of The Hoovers. Okay. I um, So I've got three beautiful kids that we're just meeting on this podcast. Hi, my name is Alexander. You can call me Alex for short. Three kids, Layla, Kingston, Sophia, been married for 14 years to Mario, who is incredible. Uh, we live in Charlotte, but we're moving to Charleston, Fine. which is a huge development in the Hoover household and the Hoover uh, seasons, yes, of the show we're watching. <laughs> uh, I have put out my very first book, Eyes Up. It's been about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm working on this incredible study we're going to talk about today called Without Wavering. Uh, and of course, I just continue to write and follow Jesus as he leads. I'm working um, at a local church in Charleston called Bright Cities. I'm transitioning there, which is going to be great. 
Um, I'll be working as the director of strategy and replication implementation. I'm sort of just like a mixed bag type of girl when it comes to gifts. Like I'll give you all sorts of things. Uh, I love women in leadership too. So it's always coming out in one way or another. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a brief update yeah. on my life. That is uh, look, lot. I'm like, it's nothing. Yeah. No <laughs> big not deal. New Bible study, making yeah, a, you know, making a move to a different state, you know, with three children. That's no yeah. easy feat. No easy feat. And I'm a creative, like naturally. And so I'm always dreaming with God. And so for sure right now I'm working on like outline proposal for book three. Like as we speak, Love my it. brain is, mm -hmm. yeah. we're doing all the things. So it's never ending, but it's really life-giving and it's so beautiful. And I'm so grateful for it because... I'm obsessed with helping women see who Jesus is. Yeah. Like I think about it day and night. And so it just consumes me and I love it. What a lovely thing to be obsessed with. I that's think that's, that's right. That's the way to go. Yeah. Well, Alexandra, we want to hear a little bit, but we're going to jump into the study here in a minute and talk about faith. But we'd love to hear a little bit of your own personal just faith story. Sure. Oh, gosh, I have gotten really good at answering this question, but I really wish we had like an hour over a mm. cup of coffee um, to talk through the ways in which I've seen God move mm -hmm. because there's so much there's so much glory uh, to be given to God in the midst of how I've seen him, how I've learned to see him in my life. And so um, I always start with, I, I'm, a, I'm a girl who didn't grow up in the church, uh, which is so important for me uh, to say up front because I think my faith to many can look really tidy up front and very put together. And so establishing like I met God when I was 18, or rather he met me. And mm -hmm. so my journey with him has been just an absolute roller coaster of just of love and of grace and compassion. Uh, met him when I was 17 at a local church here in Charlotte. Uh, my mom and my dad were both, uh, my mom was Catholic growing up. My dad, uh, he was uh, in the church, but not a part of the church. He knew of God, just didn't know God. His My grandfather was a pastor um, and there's just a lineage of pastors and ministers on my dad's side of the family, mm. uh, which is no surprise. I think that there's there's something generational there that I got I got some mm. of the some of the gifting that flowed from my dad's side of the family. But even then, I was never really around them. And so when I did visit and and I got to see them, um, some years I'd always just be really curious about the faith, like what, like who is Jesus, and and why are they so excited about him. And, and also they look very different from what my dad is like. And so what makes them so different than what my biological father is like? And I would just always ask questions. I, uh, curiosity was, was, was sort of the, the gateway to my knowing and becoming more like Jesus and seeing Jesus. And so as I asked questions and kind of sought out to know more about God, which is I think how it all starts for many of us, even if we did grow up in the church, um, I was visiting an aunt when I was probably around 13 years old, um, I would go to Venezuela every summer. And I was visiting my aunt, my aunt, Virginia, Virginia, and uh, my, they're Catholic. And so my, my cousin attended uh, summer Catholic school. She was getting ready to walk through some of the classes that she was taking at her Catholic school. And I remember asking the priest in that summer school that she was in uh, some really difficult questions. I was like a spicy 13-year-old, like, I'm going to prove you wrong. But I know like nothing theologically like at all. I just am here like pulling yeah. pulling strings and and going by, by just honestly what I now know to be like discernment and just like the tugging of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm asking questions. I'm like, hey, tell me who God is. Help me understand creation, like the creation account. Like I hear you talk about the creation account. It doesn't make, make any logical sense. Uh, or I would ask really hard questions like, how can a really good God, the one that you're presenting to me, 
allow so much hardship, which is so much of the theme of my life and story, right? Just this idea of reconciling the character of God. And so that priest was so kind and so gentle and so welcoming and invited me in um, to have questions with him that day and really just took me on a journey of of seeing Jesus as as a friend, as a shepherd. And so I didn't follow Jesus then. It was just enough for him to be sowing seeds, right? Because that's what he does. And so that priest sowed a whole lot of seeds, fears down the line, God watered them in other ways. And so I met Jesus when I was 18 um, at a church here in Charlotte where I gave my life to him. But even how I got there, how I ended up at this church was my mom was going through some pretty difficult um, mental illness seasons and journeys. And so I, it was just her and I, and there was nobody else around. And so I felt responsible for taking care of my mom and ended up Googling a church in Charlotte that spoke English and Spanish, unbeknown to me. I thought it was a clinic. It really wasn't. It was a church in a clinic. And so I took my mom to get what I thought was going to be physical healing. And the Lord gave me mm-hmm. spiritual healing. And that's where I met Jesus. That's awesome. I love to hear that. Mm-hmm. And just how many different people spoke into mm-hmm. your faith journey. And I think that's something to encourage people mm-hmm. because that priest may never know that you ended up here. Um, and now you're writing Bible studies and helping other women to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but he played a, a crucial role in your story. And so I think that's encouraging for all of us as yeah. we may not ever see like where the seeds end up that we plant, but it's something that we should just be faithful to. And to be patient with those who have questions and not like force them into like, you know, that, hey, just answer the questions. Here's what happened in Genesis. Now, do you want to accept Jesus as your person? Do you believe? Yes. Yes. I think that's a great uh, encouragement Mm -hmm. for sure. Okay. Let's, let's shift to your Bible study without wavering. Tell us a little bit about it. And then um, we'll ask you some questions about, what it's about and if you and the process of writing it, but tell us just a general overview. What is without wavering about? Yeah. So when I, just like anything that I've ever written and will continue to write, the Lord invites me to live this message out, right, and to live out a message that's being cultivated um, in the mundane, in the grit, in the mud, as I like to call it. And so, uh, maybe four or five years ago, I was in probably one of the darkest seasons. And honestly, a lot of the times, it's always really the darkest season that feels most barren, mm. where I meet God in the most beautiful way. This particular season was no different. I was in need, I was in a deep need of revival in my faith. And I, I remember talking to my husband, and it's always my poor husband, honestly, <laughs> who gets just like the brunt of like my, I'm like, ah, the, the rage and the, and the pain, but that's actually really beautiful. He's my best friend. And so I remember chatting with Mario and using this sort of language around the fact that like, no matter how much I tried to build up this very sturdy faith, this faith that felt very like anchored and stable, uh, every time that a storm would come or or a challenge would present itself, I would lose it. Like I felt like I would I would just, it would, it would knock the wind out of me every single time. And I would get so frustrated with myself, with my ability uh, to have a faith that was rooted, to to abide, to remain. And I want it. I wanted it. But I was just, I, I couldn't get it. I could not get it. And I remember uh, journaling and, and, and petting the words, like no matter how much I try to get back up, I just keep getting knocked down. Where is my faith in this? How does my faith play a role in my ability to have this resilience, not just in life, but in God, with God, 
in God, uh, to be able to move through the storms, uh, to be able to have a faith that remains when nothing else does. And so I, God was like, okay, let's, let's build that thing up. And so through, <laughs> through that season of my life, the Lord began to teach me what it, what it really meant to have a faith that was without wavering. Um, where it wasn't moved by the storms of life. And it's not to say that, I, I always say, I'll probably say it until the day I die, I, the Lord gifted me the gift of unbelief, and I'd say it like tongue-in-cheek. Uh, but truly, it's been the conduit to, to which I've been able to wrestle with God through the most difficult spaces of my life. Like, where are you? Mm. What does it mean to have this type of faith you tell me I can have? And so I wrestled and I read, and what came from that was this reality that faith is what moves us to believe, to see, even when we can't make sense of it. Mm. And what I was trying to do was I was trying to make sense of, of life in my faith. And God was like, you've got it all wrong. Your faith in me is what makes sense of everything around you and in you. It's, mm. it's me. It's been me all along. And so the Lord sat me down and began to cultivate and curate this beautiful message for women to be able to see him and know him to build up a faith that will remain and sustain. Yeah. I would love to know kind of where you go in scripture in the study, because I think, you know, we see faith throughout, you know, scripture. Um, and I, I know, Elizabeth, you've seen the, the study and, and kind of walked through, but I haven't. So tell us a little bit about like where you go in scripture. I would love to know that. Oh my gosh, there's there's one particular verse, and I would probably call the anchor verse to the study, although we don't, there there isn't a deep dive into just the book of Hebrews, but it's Hebrews 10, verse 23, and uh, it says, let us hold uh, without wavering the hope that we profess for he who professed is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up and meeting together as we are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and in all more, you see the day approaching. Mm. So Hebrews 10, 23 for me, when I read that and the writer of Hebrews said, let us hope, let us hold on to this, uh, to this faith without wavering, no matter what comes our way. And then he reminds us to consider God in the midst of that, right? The consideration of who Christ is, which really, when you look at that, it's more so a a posture, a resolve to to lock eyes with the work of Christ and the resurrection and the good news. And so there was an invitation for me in Hebrews 10, 23 to, to really look at what am I considering most? Am I considering my faith in who Christ is or am I considering my circumstance? Is my without wavering really anchored in my ability to control everything, or is it anchored in my faith in Christ? And so for me, that faith or that verse, I sat in it for months, mm -hmm. for months and months. Mm, yeah, that's good. That's so good. And I think that's um, something that we constantly have to like reevaluate mm -hmm. constantly. Like, what am I considering in this yeah. moment, in this minute, in this hour? Um, because, but I love that picture of without wavering because mm -hmm. it's just, without like you think of waves and things that are uh waves are uh in the water are uh I'm trying to think caused by the outside circumstances sure. and so to think like this is without wavering is sure. like no matter what happens to the waves around me yeah. the water around me like I'm 
solid. So it kind of reminds that. me too, like Jennifer Rothschild, we, we went through her um, study this summer on the Mart podcast when mm-hmm. we were talking about Take Courage, and she talks about steadfastness yes. is to just to be still, like to sit firm and, and to, so like the, our faith is firm yeah. in the midst of what's happening in the storms. So, and, yeah. and even just the visuals that are used in your videos and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll talk about that, but that really speaks to this concept yeah. too. Yeah. I think that's so good. And we can be steadfast because of, we, ch- we, trust in a steadfast God. So mm-hmm. we can have that faith without wavering because he never wavers. Right. He never changes. And so that's what we can anchor it to. I think a, a really big misconception, not I think, I know to be true, a, an, an incredibly big misconception in the faith is that we have to build up our own faith alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that there is an ability in our in our yeah. own self and in our doing and in our performance through spiritual rhythms, although they're great, that we can do it on our own. And really, it's the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. in us, which is Christ in us, that, that that creates that. And so what God is asking us to do here is to consider Him. I mean, even Psalm 37, 23 through 34, delight in the Lord. He makes firm your steps. There's there's a reorienting of, of our souls, our hearts, our affections towards God every single time. That is what That is what is the foundation to the building up of this faith that we so desperately need and so desperately want. It is, are, is your gaze, are your affections, do you know me? Because as we know God, we respond in awe, and that's what builds a faith that can't be made up of of, of only uh, performance and disciplines. We can do that on our own. Is it, do you really believe in, in the resurrected Christ? Do you really believe that he loves you, that he gave his life for you? If you do, your faith will begin to be built up on that foundation, that cornerstone. Yeah. Well, you were kind of talking about moments of awe and wonder. So it's kind of related. Were there any aha moments as you wrote this study? What big takeaways, similarly, what big takeaways do you hope that women will have when they do the study? You know, I, uh, Laura, who is my editor, she's a gift, a friend, a sister. Her and I were sitting in Starbucks probably about a year now ago, and we were trying to come up with like this visual of what faith really looks like, because I think that often we think it's very linear, like it's a very lineal, linear, uh, there's linear imagery to the faith, like it used, there's a beginning and an end, right. but really faith is a journey mm-hmm. with Jesus. And more so than anything, the faith is a foundation and then your life kind of ebbs and flows within that, right? And so your faith is what remains and life will have its ups and downs, the waves that you're talking about. And so I would say that that day was really sort of an eye opener for me. And what do I really, God, what do you want to communicate to your daughters? What do they need to know about the faith and about you? And it was the faith we're building up here is really their framework, life is going to have its ups and downs. And even for me, that there was a breaking free from an expectation that life was not supposed to have those things with, with faith, right? That that my faith was going to safeguard me from pain and suffering. And God was like, absolutely not of anything. Your faith will prepare you, will equip you. Uh, it will propel you forward in life through resilience and courage, but it's going to have to be found in me. And so sort of this uh, redoing of my thinking Uh, or this undoing of what I thought that my faith was like an end-all, be-all goal, or like a means to an end. And really, it's just my framework. It's my foundation Mm -hmm. to everything that I get to walk through in this world with Jesus. 
And that's what I need women to know from this. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. I also too. love that you said that's what I need women to know from this. I think that's <laughs> that's so powerful that that is like the it's a need. It's not just like, oh, I hope that women will get this, but like I need them to know this if nothing else mm-hmm. that this is what they know and mm-hmm. this is what they Yeah, I think that's so great. Mm-hmm. Well, this was your first Bible study. We know that you did Eyes Up. So maybe that was, you know, how was the experience different? Maybe there's something that you just, what challenged you in doing a Bible study? And then maybe maybe what surprised you about doing a Bible study versus doing a book? What's so interesting is that, so I'll back up a little bit. Ashley Gorman, who's my editor for Eyes Up, or at B&H, she went out at the beginning stages of my writing career. So I was, I'm 33, I was 30 when I signed with B&H. Uh, and she was like, okay, you're going to have to, you know, we're going to get to a place where you're going to really look at, do I really love uh, trade book writing more or like Bible books, Bible study writing more and like what really, what really speaks to you or is it more speaking? And I remember sitting on the phone with her and being like, I think I'm just going to love all of it. I, I, just, <laughs> I love all the words and I love all the women everywhere. And so I'll say this, the difference is that in, in, in a Bible study, I'm able to park somewhere mm-hmm. with women mm-hmm. and really uh, help them digest what it means to have a you know a faith that is without wavering. Where in a trade book, I'm taking them more so on a journey in their lives, mm-hmm. right? Uh, rather than parking somewhere. And so, trade book writing, I would want to park, and they'd be like, "We got to move on. Keep telling the story. Tell mm-hmm. me one more story." Whereas in the Bible study, Laura was like, "Hey, you actually get to park here, mm-hmm. right? Sit in that a little bit. What questions would you have as a Bible study reader?" As a woman who's studying and wants to know more about God, what would you ask if you were reading this that maybe you've omitted because you're not thinking about it? And so it just took some rewiring mm-hmm. of yeah. of what I wanted women to hear and to see in a, in a study versus in a trade book. If that makes any sense? Yeah. No, yeah. I was really I was kind of thinking, you know, in a in a trade book or you know as a book that we pick up and read. There's a beginning, there's an ending, and there's a you know kind of this journey, like you said. But a Bible study is that interactive right. kind of I'm into God's word and I'm learning and there's a di- almost like a dialogue of what are my questions? Mm-hmm. What is the author? You know, what is she pointing me to? What is God trying to speak to me through his word? So yeah, I, I, maybe that's why I just love Bible studies so much. <laughs> it's I love more books, of an interactive experience. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and we, I just want to say this because I had this question when I first started working here. A trade, trade book, book. Yes, is I any book that is. I was going to say it too. Yeah, it's a book that is not a Bible study. So yeah. I, it's just like a regular book. You kind of said it, book. just like a book that you would pick up and read. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually like, I think I've, I've surely confessed this on the podcast before, but when yeah. I first started working at Lifeway, I was like, I went back to my desk one day after a meeting and like Googled what is a trade book? Cause I was like, I feel like I should know this and not be oh asking gosh, this question yeah. in, out loud in a meeting. <laughs> Cause they just <laughs> hired me to <laughs> be an editor here. You're like, yeah, a trade book. Uh-huh. uh-huh for sure. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> totally. They're great. I love them. That's right. <laughs> Okay, so we talked a little bit about like some of the passages that you looked at in scripture, yeah. but I'm curious if there is a person in the Bible um, who whose faith journey reminds you of your own faith journey, or maybe maybe they um, have just had this faith without wavering, or maybe they did waver, and that kind of is what speaks to you from Hi. their faith. I really want to tell you that my faith is like Paul's faith. Like I want to, I want to tell you that, but I would be lying. 
I would be lying <laughs> if I told you <laughs> that like it's Paul. It's really giving more of Peter. Mm-hmm. It's giving Peter. It's giving maybe a little bit of Job in my life. Okay. I yeah. I would say that at the beginning stages of my faith, or even just my relationship with Jesus, right? There was so much undoing, and there still is, right? There's there was so much undoing uh, of of just all the things that I needed to walk through with God, where. There was a wrestling and our flesh requires that. Our flesh requires, right? The transformation, sanctification requires a sacrifice and a surrender. So for me, Peter really symbolizes and reflects a lot of my own struggles with Jesus and my belief system with him and what I what I believed about him, what I thought about him, and even how I doubted him and his ability to be God in my life. So I would say Peter and then Joe probably in, towards like the the... In season five of The Hoovers, Job, <laughs> I think Job probably shows up a little bit more in my life because at this point, at this point, my faith is anchored. And I say that with an posture of, of, I think, just the ability to see what I've walked through and where I am now with Jesus. It's anchored enough to where when devastation happens or suffering comes my way, it just did my brother passed away a year ago. I had to decide, like, what am I going to believe about God again Yeah. Uh, when things are taken from you, when things don't go your way, when you don't get the promotion or the job or your kids fall sick with illness, right? There's betrayal. What happens? And so that for me is where I've had to, even even then God will use those things to build up our faith, even when we, when we don't want him to. He's like, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. I want you to see my grace and my mercy show up in these spaces for you. And so I would say Peter and Job, I want it to be Paul, but it's just not. not <laughs> I, I think it's probably a rare person who's like, I'm a Paul. <laughs> if I hear it, I want to be like, tell me how. If, yeah. I st- if I hear anybody, I'm like, you send me, send me a list. Yeah. Help me see your life. We can definitely probably all, I mean, I think there's different parts of our life where different people yeah. definitely we go. Yeah. And especially Peter where it's like, yeah. he's, yeah, you are Christ. You're, you know, <laughs> the, you are the Christ. And then it's like, I'm going to, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And for someone, so. what's so interesting to me is his faith wavered. We it saw did. it. We saw it. it we did. all know it happened. But his name means the rock, which is like yeah. such a like solid, firm yeah. foundation. So, I mean, there's just so much in that alone. Like, I have so many thoughts about my friend Peter, and I really <laughs> have such a soft spot because I'm like, that's so relatable for him. Like, yeah. I hear you. The and then and then yet right God gives him gives us this picture of Peter's life mm-hmm. and gives him the space um, in his word for us to be able to look at the life of a man who spent most of his life wrestling with his belief about mm-hmm. life and God and yet he was a cornerstone of the church yeah. he's a pillar of the faith yeah. in the early church and so I have a lot of compassion for my friend Peter if I ever hear somebody talk ill about Peter <laughs> I like pull him to the side and I'm like do you actually understand yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty it's... good okay this is my plug because yes. Elizabeth loves to make fun of me for always like hey uh, women's leadership forum no and, I love it I know I just kind of tease you about it a little bit right. but I love it it's all right but I think we need to let everyone know that you yes. are one of the main like general session speakers this year you came last year did a breakout and we we kind of knew in the process we were just like okay we're saving her for you know 2023 she's going to be a keynote (laughs) speaker she's going to have a new study coming out so and and honestly I mean as we considered the theme this year it wasn't really 
like we weren't really thinking about your particular study, but it really fits well. It's it's First Thessalonians five twenty four that says, "He who calls you is faithful; he will do it." And just to think about the person who calls you into leadership, who calls you into walk in this, he is faithful. And so I, I think that that's really going to be important. But I, I'd love to know just how have you seen the Lord be faithful in your own life over the over the past year. Oh, I'll cry. You'll have me crying on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Let me think about just how to even start this or answer this. I There has not been a, a moment or a time in the last year that I've not seen God be faithful. I mean, we have walked through some pretty tumultuous times with our just our family and so much of what you don't see on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's even important to say. I'm I'm a, I'm you know, quote unquote, like a public figure, there's there's spaces to my life that show up pretty much everywhere. And yet there's so much unknown to the world. We've had hardship. We've had hardship in our family, um, with my parents, with um, ministry, right? Vocational ministry is just difficult because we're working with people and people are broken. And mm -hmm. But we get to, right? And so I would say that God has sustained me and my peace in this in the most miraculous and beautiful way to the point where I've had to like ask myself like am I okay God is are we are we good because I feel this this sense of peace and he has he has spoken so sweetly over me mm. this is what this is peace it surpasses understanding this is what it looks like and so I know that's sort of an ambiguous answer but really like a thick brush stroke is we've had so much going on in the past year that had it not been for the Lord's grace and goodness truly in the midst of what we what we walked through in my own healing from my brother's passing, I would not have remained had it not been for his faithfulness. And so, yeah, I, I think in every space of my life, in my marriage, in my in the raising of my kids, with my family, and the relationship, the strained relationships there, it's just God has given me a grace to continue to do what He's called me to do. Like you just mm -hmm. said, there's an equipping and a but less equipping about gifts. Let me park there for a second too. Really an equipping of the spirit to get you mm -hmm. through in the power, the presence of God mm -hmm. and the ability to trust in him, which is just a gift from the spirit in and of itself. So I've seen him everywhere mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah, I good. love that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Shift gears just a little bit. Kelly alluded yeah. to this earlier. She was talking about the the setting of the videos for the Bible study was near Charleston including Boneyard Beach. <laughs> so how, what did me, being on that shore mean to you? How does that reflect like the content in the Bible study? Because um, we put pictures throughout the Bible study. And so it's, it's definitely a part of the message. But how did, why did you choose that location? How did that all work? Yeah, so Boneyard Beach was actually like a very last minute addition to okay. <laughs> the locations. We I have a friend who lives, a few friends who live in Charleston, but one of, I'd seen one of my friends post about Boneyard Beach and I just, I'd forgotten that it even existed. It's like about, it's 30 minutes from Charleston, maybe 20, uh, but I'd just forgotten that it existed. And so Tina brought it back up. She's on, on the team, Bible City team and said, hey, I've got this idea. There's this location that I found that's beautiful. And so we were like, let's, let's go. We, we, we get there and it is absolutely breathtaking and overwhelming in the most beautiful way. And when you study or walk through the study, you'll see why, but essentially there's this imagery of something has happened here. Like you walk up, you walk into a space where, you, where there's, there's evident rubble, right? Like there's evident 
uh, suffering. There's like there there are trees that have been uh, washed away and 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 uh, broken down from storms, but they're the most beautiful thing you've ever seen in your whole life. Mm. It's barrenness, but it's beauty. Mm. It's rubble, but it's like some a form of like restoration in God's creation. And you see the habitat be, finding homes on these trees, and there's just this this beautiful picture of the coexistence again of how God moves and shows up in our lives in the midst of storms. And that was that was the first session that we recorded that day. And it, I just we I felt God so it was so palatable, like the presence of God, the ability for me to see in real time. Oh, this is what it looks like. When something can be, when something is so barren and yet it is so breathtakingly beautiful mm. and overwhelming. And so that's, if that helps give just a picture at all um, to the friends who are listening. It was just, it was breathtaking. It's beautiful. Love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely breathtaking for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, okay. So this is the March podcast and we know that we asked you this question last year. So Let's kind of make a twist on it a little bit. So what about writing a Bible study on God's resilient faith? How did that mark you in your walk with the Lord? Oh, my gosh. How did it? <laughs> when I was writing when I was writing it. Yeah. No, listen, midway, I was like, I can't write this. Throw it out. I was <laughs> like, I don't want to do this. I think and here's every why. author goes through yeah, that. I feel like that means yes. you're on the right track. Yeah. Right. <laughs> midway through, I'm like, I, no. And here's why. When you, it feels, it feels like a very bold proclamation to write a study on resilient faith or a faith that's without wavering because you're essentially telling the world on paper uh, that there is a hope, mm-hmm. right? And that there, that there is a, not only just a hope, but that this hope isn't going anywhere. And that for me, somebody who's, who's had to wrestle with God, are you really there? Are you really kind? Are you really good? Feels like me putting kind of a stake in the ground in my own personal faith with Jesus and saying, all right, no matter what comes my way, I'm going to believe that you are the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, right? And that's how it marked me. It was it was this pivotal turning point of, of Jesus and I and our relationship and where my faith came alive outside of my feelings, mm-hmm. outside of my emotions, outside of my perceived uh, failures or my unmet expectations. I knew Jesus and I met Jesus as I wrote this mm-hmm. in such a deeper way. In the middle of wildly unmet expectations, really difficult hardship I was having to write down, and yet Jesus remains faithful and things mm-hmm. do not. Yeah. And yet there's a faith that's without wavering when we consider the goodness of God. So, yeah, it marked me. It marked me in all sorts of ways. <laughs> mm, <laughs> all yes. ways. Yes. And and we know that like like you said, women need to know this. Mm-hmm. It's yes. going to mark them in in oh. a lot of ways to know that yes. our God is faithful. Um, yes. Our faith can be without wavering even though it kind of maybe doesn't look like it mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. So, absolutely. Okay. Thank you for coming on and for sharing more about your Bible yeah. study. Yeah. We'll have links in the show notes to purchase the Bible study because you'll want to get it. You'll want to see the imagery of Boneyard Beach and know what we're so talking beautiful. about. And so um, we encourage you to do that. Yeah. And don't forget yeah. to come to Women's Forum, too. And there Alexandra go. in person. <laughs> so that's awesome. So thanks again, Alexandra, yeah. for being here. And listeners, thank you for joining us again this week. And we hope to see you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. 
Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifeWayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for Teen Girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.